learn more. I feel like I've learned a lot already. I think that some of us can say, even what what he gave us yesterday, we might can see exactly where we are. Um, but I just pray that we just continue to be open um, to hear what what else he has to release tonight, that we have ears to hear, heart to receive, um, and have teachable spirits. And just open up wholeheartedly and um, let the word of God just be, um, come to life to you, for you, you know, tonight. And um, Father, we just ask that you just have your way tonight. We thank you once again um, that, you know, it's another night to, just be able to hear you through your word, what you're saying to us, what you require of us. We thank you for what we have already been taught. We thank you that it has already begun to open up our eyes. That is removing scales and blindness from us, oh God. And we're able to see where we are in you. And we just open up and surrender to you tonight even the more to hear what else it is that you want to release us through your servant, our pastor, Isaac. We thank you so much for him. Let him be used for your glory tonight. Let it be all of you, God. And none of him, none of us. We bind every distraction and every hindrance. I pray that you touch our minds right now, God, so that we may be able to focus on you and be able to receive what you're saying, oh God, and apply it to our lives so that we may be changed and transformed and have a true and right relationship with you, a genuine, intimate relationship with you. And may we never get to a place where we feel like we've arrived or we're satisfied. God, may we continue to hunger and thirst after you, your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Wow. Amen. How are you, Shanice and Jalen? We're good, Pastor. We're good. How are you? I'm well. Are you happy? Yes, sir. Okay. Thank you so much, Prophetess Kiara, for such a powerful. usher into the presence of the Lord. Amen. Father, we thank you tonight. It is not because of what we have and what we can do. That's why we are alive. It's because of your loving kindness and your mercies that we are here tonight to even hear your word. Many have not been privileged to hear your word and they are dead and gone. They are lost in hell. But we, on the other hand, you have had mercy on us. You saved us from our sins, from our evil ways. And you give us opportunity to know you through your word. And for this, we say we thank you. Holy Spirit, we love you and we appreciate you so much. That in our deepest and our darkest moments, you never leave us nor forsake us. But you are always there to prick us, to remind us, to warn us of the dangers ahead whenever we take a path that is not right. And even when we grieve you, 
when we call upon you that we love you, you come back to us. We thank you. Father, we ask that tonight you minister your word deep into our hearts. And that we will not just be hearers and we will not see your word as something that is casual. But there will be a deep longing in our soul for a greater yearning to know your word. Father, we ask that you forgive us every sin and every mistake we have made. We sincerely come before you. Your word says you are faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse from all unrighteousness. And so we know that we can count on you to forgive us. You said there is no sin we will sin against you that you will not forgive us, except for blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. So tonight we are asking that forgive us for our lies, our deceptions, our anger, our unforgiveness, our hatred. We have mercy on us. And the last that is in our flesh, O oh Lord, let your word have its way in our lives and bear fruits. Amen. feel very emotional try and get to a place where you literally become emotional about the Lord Jesus Christ tonight is going to be a powerful night amen it's an honor and a privilege to know the word of God Matthew chapter 13, verse 18 to 32, um, to 23, sorry. Matthew chapter 13. We'll start from there. I want to give a brief explanation of something very, very powerful. Matthew chapter the number 13, 18 to 23. Hi, Bria. Always looking wonderful. Uh, welcome. Thank you, Papa. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Ready? Yes, Mama. Okay. So it says, this is, this is Matthew chapter 13, verses 18 through 23. Yeah, please it says, listen. Please pay attention to the scripture. A serious attention. Sorry. You All right. It's okay. It says, listen, here is the meaning of the story of the farmer. People hear the message about the kingdom, but do not understand it. Then the, oh, wait. People hear the message about it. Yes. Then the evil one comes. He steals what was planted in their hearts. Those people are like the seed planted on a path. The seed that fell on rocky places is like the other people. They hear the message and at once receive it with joy, but they have no roots, so they last only a short time. They quickly fall away from the faith when trouble or suffering comes because of the message. The seed that fell among the thorns is like others who hear the message, but then the worries of this life and the false promises of the wealth crowded out. They keep the message from producing fruit. But the seed that fell on good soil is like those who hear the message and understand it. 
they produce a crop 160 or 30 times more than the farmer planted. Wow. Hallelujah. So, to understand clear what is being referred to, you go to the verse 3 to verse 9. Okay. Verse 3 to verse 9. Then he told them many things using stories. He said, a farmer went out to plant his seed. He scattered the seed on the ground. Some fell on a path. Birds came and ate it up. Some seed fell on rocky places where there wasn't much soil. The plants came up quickly because the soil was deep. When the sun came up, it burned the plants. They dried up because they had no roots. Other seed fell among thorns. The thorns grew up and crowded out the plants. Still other seeds fell on good soil. It produced a crop 160 or 30 times more than what was planted. Whoever has ears should listen. Whoever has ears. So there are things that <laughs> it takes a certain type of hear to hear, understand, and practically obey it. You see, sometimes you can be in in a service, you can be in a class, and the teacher is saying something, but you are not hearing the way you are supposed to hear it. Sometimes you can have even a casual conversation with your husband or a wife or a friend. And what they are saying, the way you are supposed to hear it, you are not hearing it like that. You know. And then you are like, oh, I thought you said this. No, I meant this. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. the hearing is not the way supposed to come you know and so in this parable jesus spoke about a farmer who went out to sow seeds and strategically he sowed seeds on four different types of grounds and the four different types of ground actually represented four types of human heart that's what jesus said he said the different types of ground represented four types of human heart there, there are those with a stony heart. There are those with a thorny heart. There are those with the rocky heart. Then there are those um, with um, the good heart, the good soil heart. Good soil, rocky heart, thorny heart, and then those by the wayside. You know, but when you look at the scripture carefully, you know, you know, you notice that the quality and the Viability of the seed from the scripture is not in doubt. You know, the cause for the trouble for not for the seed not germinating. You know, when you read the verse 18, it says, When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the wicked one comes and takes away what was sown in his heart. This is the one that received the seed by the wayside. By the wayside. The devil comes to take the word and does not understand. Then the second one, it says that, But he that received the seed into stony places is the one that hears the word of God, 
immediately receives it with joy, yet has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. When troubles, tribulations arise because of the word of God, immediately they give up. Then he said, the one who received the seed among the tongues is the one that hears the word of God. And the problem is that he has so much attention and care for this world and the deceitfulness hmm, of the riches of this world. It chokes the word and it becomes unfruitful. So you see that the emphasis is placed on the word becoming fruitful at the end of the day because the word was a seed that was sown you know but there are different conditions that are affected the seed and so as a result of that the, there could be no fruitfulness and the problem is not with the seed but the problem is with the soil the cause for the trouble actually lies with the nature of the soil into which the seed fell you need to keep this in mind you know the problem is not with the seed the problem is with the soil in which the seed fell so if your heart is not the right soil then the word of god will be preached and preached and preached and preached and there will be no transformation in your life because there is a problem with your heart there is a great problem with your heart so you find out sometimes there are people that have been in ministries they've been in the church they probably sweep the church or give offerings or tithing but they have a problem with their heart so they don't get blessed they'll be looking for miracles they'll be looking for fruit of the womb nothing happens and then someone just comes and is just two years old in the ministry and god miracles things are opening up and you keep wondering why is this person receiving this blessing i've been here it is your heart your heart the difference is the soil not the seed so one must now learn to cultivate and prepare his or her heart properly to be able to receive the word there is a there is a way you condition the soil which is your heart to receive the seed to become fruitful hallelujah so it is important you know because god's word is infallible there is no lie the, the word does not lie so if it looks like there is a delay or something and looks like the word of god is a lie then it's not the word because it can never lie is the is the heart is the heart there is doubt you understand the word always works the word of god always works understand this let it be con something that you are conscious of the word always works hallelujah Kala supre sakai compresse de flesina chaba ramanas compre. Amen. 
And so tonight, my concern is not about the word that I'm coming to preach and teach, but my concern is the, which type of condition of soil do you have tonight? Which type of condition of heart are you having? Would it benefit you as the word of God comes? Will the fruitfulness that is supposed to come out of your life be seen? That's my concern. Hallelujah. Yeah. And my prayer is that, Father, touch our hearts, Lord. We don't want to be wayside Christians. We don't want to be stony Christians. We don't want to be Christians that are shallow. We want to be a good soil Christian tonight and the rest of our lives. Father, if ever there is no way our hearts has been prepared, then prepare our hearts tonight. Because without that preparation, what is the essence of trying to learn your word and to know you and our lives doesn't amount to anything? Whatever transformation we desire, Lord, that we even need that we have no idea about, condition our hearts to receive it. Take away the stony heart. Take away the heart that is filled with pain and hurt and unforgiveness and wickedness and the deceitfulness of the riches of this world. Take away the heart that is after money and the things of this world and give us a heart that is after the kingdom of heaven. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hallelujah. Sorry, very emotional tonight. We've been looking at 30 different reasons Christians do what they do. There are Christians that live in a particular way or Christians that do what they do and the reason behind it. And yesterday we looked at why Christians are different from unbelievers. And we realize that it is predicated on the fact that we have been saved and we have been separated to be a peculiar special unusual weird type of people amen i think the word weird makes it clear you, know, you can relate to this like this guy is weird how is the person weird is the way he even talks and he behaves and everything is like yo yeah so we are being called to be a part of a kingdom that has its culture that has its system of operation that has a different governance that has a different mindset you operate with 
in the kingdom of God, your, your, your life is predicated on the basis of faith. In the kingdom outside the world and the, the, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of the world, you don't need faith. You need logic. You need it to make a lot of sense. If it doesn't make sense, ah, I ain't going to do it. No. Yeah. But in the kingdom, the law there is the law of faith. It doesn't make sense to you, but you have to believe. You know, the ability to experience eternal life, right? I'm, I was there and the Lord spoke to me. The Lord said to me, it's not everyone that can qualify to experience eternal life. Life eternal is not for everyone. I said, Lord, what do you mean by that? And the Lord began to explain to me that anyone that wants to be a partaker of eternity must pay a price for their salvation. Salvation is not free. How is it not free? The price is faith. Jesus said, whosoever believeth would not perish but have eternal life. The price is faith. And the Spirit of God said to me, by faith, I mean the rejection of the world and its pleasures. To holding on to what you haven't seen yet, but must hope against all hope that it is real. And everyone cannot pay that price. It's not everyone that can pay that price. Where you hope against all hope that it is real. There is a heaven and there is a hell. You've not seen it. Uh, it's not everyone. So you see, salvation is not free. You don't have faith. Believe. You don't believe. Ah, you never experience it. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, the condition is believed, should not perish but have eternal life. So eternal life and heaven is not for everyone. So if you find yourself heading towards eternity, Charlie, you, you have a lot of faith though. You really have a lot of faith to actually believe in this. I mean, you've not seen God before. You've not seen Jesus. It takes a lot of faith to believe. So I'm proud of you. Congratulations. Because all of you were doing your own things. You understand? Some of us are partying. Some of us are doing whatever we want to do. And then we, we decide that we are not going to party again. And your friends look at us and say, this guy is crazy. What better enjoyment is there to, than to party? <laughs> right? So you have a lot of faith. It's, it takes a lot of faith to believe in something you have not seen. Hallelujah. Amen. 
So tonight we are continuing. The second thing we are looking at is that why do Christians not go to beach parties, drink clubs, unbeliever parties, and nightclubs? Why? Before I comment on it, I want to hear what your 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 understanding is about that. Amen. Why are Christians not supposed to go to nightclubs, big beach parties, drink clubs? Unbeliever parties. Yeah. Mama, you can start with us. Okay. So, well, I know that there is a scripture in the Bible that actually says not to. Um, let me see if I can find it. Oh, no. Okay. Just, okay. Just go ahead. Just go ahead. Let me see if I can find it. All right. It says in. Um, yeah, you Google it. All right. So, this is the New Living Translation. It says. Let me read this one. This is better. Don't need to look at scriptures. Just explain. But no, it, but I want to read it because it'll help. Okay, anyways, yeah, yesterday I but said... But there is an actual scripture that does say that about wild parties and drunkenness. Um, Galatians 5.19. So this one is uh, this one's Galatians five twenty one through twenty three says envy drunkenness wild parties and other sins like these. Yeah. Let me tell you again, as I as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Good. Wow. That's so, one. Um, because the Bible says so. Number one, and um. Because we can um, easily be tempted um, or, you know, influenced or persuaded um, by hanging out with, you know, people that do worldly things. Um, it's just not good for us, you know, because at the end of the day, we are still human and um, we want to partake in things that are of God and not worldly things. Wow. Okay. Because we don't want to be tempted and, and influenced. And even even when we're, you know, you know, in God and things like that, we, we can be tempted too. But I'm just saying, like, you don't want to put yourself in a position to where um, you are tempted um, by worldly things and end up failing. Okay. Shanice? scripture I was reading yesterday um, in 2 Timothy and they were saying um, he was saying like 
basically, I'm just paraphrasing it, um, that basically, like, when you hang around, well, how was, how did it go? With ungodliness, um, that you, you don't want to, basically, you, well, I'm just going to say, you just, you don't want to be around people that are ungodly people, because, I mean, if you're trying to, you know, straighten out your life, you're trying to, you know, walk in righteousness, you know, it's, you know, they can, you know, take what you're, you know, the path that you're on, you know, they can veer you off of the path that, you know, um, on the path of walking down righteousness, you know, um, and plus, you know, like, um, Prophet Scar was saying, you know, you don't want to be around people that, you know, that can tempt you, you know, you don't want to be tempted, you know, and it's, that's basically opening doors for the enemy to, do whatever he want to do, you know, to fall, you know, for you to fall, you don't, you don't want to do that, so you got to surround yourself with people that, you know, is on the, going down the right path you're going, you know. Okay. Wow. Nice. Bria. As for Bria, she, she, she is half here and there with us. Uh. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> but um, yes. So basically, um, like we want, we don't want to do those things because the Bible says that those things are worldly. Like um, like it says, separate yourselves and touch not like the unclean things. And that it says, like, all that's in the world is the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Um, and like um, Mama said, yeah, like, we can't inherit these things. Like, we can't inherit the kingdom if we indulge in these things. Um, so, well, we have to stay apart. Yeah. So that is a very wonderful um and a very powerful point you've all given you know so that's good it means you have you have a very good understanding of why we are not supposed to be in such places you know but i think the underlining word is that it is not helpful it is not helpful for us to be in such places. You know why? Let's look at First Corinthians chapter ten. First Corinthians chapter ten, verses twenty-three. Bria, read your version first. Let's see what it says. Then we go to the amplifier before you come to my wife. Well, first Corinthians chapter 10 verses 13 and 10, 
to read it. Okay. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. First Corinthians okay. chapter 10. Verse 23. Oh, 23. Sorry. Okay. You say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. Wow. I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. I am allowed to do anything I want to do but not everything is beneficial or helpful what does amplify say amen first corinthians 10 23 amplified version all things are lawful that is morally legitimate permissible but not all things are beneficial or advantages all things are lawful but not all things are constructive to character and edifying to spiritual life wow. amen Mama. constructive to character I like I like that statement constructive to character Um, 10 and <clears throat> 23 right so it says you say I have the right to do anything but not everything is helpful again you say I have the right to do anything but not everything builds us up you understand so it will not help you and since it will not help you don't do it even though you can do it so what he's saying is that is it constructive character it's supposed to build you up your words is build up you know and for instance one of the greatest need for christians is to be holy holy holiness is a struggle for all of us and since we are all struggling to be holy because without holiness no man shall see the lord number one and it takes holiness to qualify to be in heaven and there are two types of righteousness the one that is imputed through jesus christ and the one that you build up by obeying obeying the scriptures these things are important and since you know that it um, when you do go to parties and drink you know nightclubs and all these things you know that they will not help you to be a holy Christian or have a Christian lifestyle of holiness. You don't do it. Because, you, like you say, you find yourself tempted. And not just tempted, but you will practically be drinking some, ooh, my Lord, your old type of wine that you had a taste for. You'll be consuming it. You know, be taking drugs, You'll be having sex to the next available person. Hallelujah. You'll be taking drugs. You'll be having sex. You'll be surprised to hear that I don't attend weddings. 
and in fact not all weddings I don't not because I don't love the person but hey I cannot come to such environment I'll never doesn't matter what you say I have learned to constrain and restrain myself a lot my wife can tell you she's since known me you know how many times has she seen me really gone out of the house even when i had i didn't have my own place and i was sleeping in somebody's room i was always in the room if i go somewhere my mom's place to go and bath see my brothers and come home once now I have to go to a friend's place, Marklin or someone. I hardly go out. My wife can tell you, I'm always in the room. I'm always in this room. Not because I... In fact, I've always... It has affected me so much that one day, one of our pastor friends was celebrating his birthday and they said we need to go out. And we have to dress and when they dressed and they saw my dress and they said, no, we are not going to church. Go and change. I said, please, these are my clothes. They said, no, no, no. They stripped me off. They stripped the clothes off me. They went to borrow someone's shirt and gave it to me. They said, wait. As if that was not enough, I also took a book along with me so that I can be reading a Christian book. They said, please, no. Put the book down. Put the book down. <laughs> It has, it has, my, my wife realized that Charlie, man, my husband is church. Look, I don't have sneakers, you go out, what's that? No. You understand? And it doesn't mean that when I get even little money, I cannot buy them. But Charlie, my heart and my mind is focused on building constructive character that will be beneficial and helpful for me that will will help me go to heaven what what are you saying that's it that's okay you can focus on that and i will buy you stuff i'll make sure yeah. you get some not no church shoes because you're not going <laughs> everywhere you go you're not gonna look like no pastor I, so I buy your stuff. I'll go get it for you. You can wear, you know, focus on that. Can you imagine going to KFC and I'm dressed like I'm going to church? That's how my life has been. You know? That's how my life has been, going to just KFC. And I'm dressed like going on a Sunday to go and preach or something. It, it's not be, it, it's because I'm so lost. I'm so far away in this world. Though. You know how many times I've had to argue with my wife concerning certain things? Because she said, I think we should do that. I'm like, no, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Jesus. Every day is Jesus Christ. She said, we are married here. <laughs> It cannot always be about Jesus Christ. Because you have to please the woman, you have to please the flesh. Because part of why you marry is to please the flesh. 
and in marriage when you are pleasing the flesh it is legitimate it is lawful and it is right you understand outside that there go fornicate you are you are you are against the law hallelujah so you can do whatever you want to do in fact as as in my younger christian stage when my parents died and i was struggling i was com there was a lot of depression confusion i wanted to just live how i want to live and i remember one day i took my bible and i was reading and i saw a scripture that <laughs> it straightened me up is in the ecclesiastes look at it ecclesiastes chapter 12 i think is it 12 or 11 let me see ecclesiastes Yeah, Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 9. Let's read it. Okay. So it says, You young people, be happy while you are still young. Let your heart be joyful while you are still strong. Do what your heart tells you to do. Go after what your eyes look at. But I want you to know that God will judge you for everything you do. What does the amplifier say? Effort. Go ahead, babe. At first, I, <laughs> at first I was like, yeah, all right. And then it said, but I want you to know that God will judge you. <laughs> <laughs> then you're like, oh, never mind. I don't want to. <laughs> It straightened me up and I realized that yeah. I want to hear what the amplifier how he puts it. Amen. Ecclesiastics uh, nine. Well no, eleven nine. Yeah. Five. Rejoice, young man, in your childhood, and let your heart be put sorry and let your heart be pleasant in the days of your young manhood and walk in the ways of your heart and in the desires of your eyes but know that god will bring you into judgment for all these things Hi. Amen. not a single one will be forgotten all right not a single one will be forgotten. And in the court of God, they don't need to postpone their judgment because there is no evidence that cannot be found. Yeah. The best advantageous technological cameras are there. <laughs> it has captured 
the life of man from the beginning of time. Videos and audios and pictures, you'll be shown everything. God is more than the CIA. It's more than the security cameras that have been sent in the streets and your business connects. You're going to say something, Kiara? Amen. So th there are things that are not helpful for you as a Christian and because of that, you must avoid it, even though you can go ahead and do it. Amen? You can decide to do it, but it is not going to be helpful for you. So just don't do it. And one of them is having ungodly friends. Many of you have a lot of friends that are not godly. If you have ungodly friends, it's either you are influencing them you are preaching to them the gospel. You are te telling them about God. There's nothing like, oh, that's my casual friend. You know, I remember I had an argument with my wife concerning that. You know, she was very upset with me, but I said, hey, no. Do you remember? Yeah, I thank God you are my best friend. I'm your best friend. Don't go and look for anybody else anywhere. Anything you want, just come and talk to me about it. I'll be helpful for you. Amen. Let's look at another point. This one is a good one. Why do Christians not listen to secular music or unbeliever music. There have been a great argument about, oh, secular music is not bad, it's not okay, it's not harmful. <laughs> but why are we not supposed to listen to it? influence um you know maybe the spirit behind it um we uh we just have to be mindful of what we're taking in you know um yeah that's all i'm saying yeah shanice what about you what do you think You don't want to open those doors, you know, to the enemy, especially when you're you've been closing them and you you closing those doors, but then you're listening to music. It's just basically you're just opening a door again, you know. Um, and 
you know, like it's, you know, it's putting like thoughts in your head and, you know, just putting unnecessary thoughts that don't need to be there. Um, and tempting, you know, especially with the music you're listening to, um, make you tempted to do other things or whatever. So, how many of you honestly you can confess your sins and series sometimes you listen to secular music so <laughs> okay i'm gonna say yeah because it's love songs yeah okay. don't bring don't bring anything it's secular music it's secular music you know that's why I have to make love songs for my wife. Shanice, you must start making love songs from your husband. Go ahead and talk. Huh? When Bria gets married, she also makes love I'm songs. Sorry. I said when Bria also gets married, she has to make love songs. Some people cannot have sex without certain types of song playing. There's no way in the Bible where God said Adam and Eve should have sex and they have to play certain type of song. Nowhere in the Bible. It's like if you don't have this song, man, it's gonna be boring. You are a sports girl, you are a sport boy, that's why it's going to be boring. You are used to a certain type of lifestyle. You know, but the truth is that music is very spiritual, very, very spiritual. You know, I will show you about three scriptures that talks about the spirituality of music and how it affects a person. You know. We are not to listen to unbeliever music because 
like you all said, the spirits, you know, spirits can be drawn into your life by listening to the wrong kind of music. And evil spirits can be drawn away from your life by listening to the right kind of music. Isn't that beautiful? Evil spirit can be drawn into your life by listening to the wrong kind of music. And evil spirit can be drawn away. They can be pushed away by listening to the right kind of music. Wow. Hmm? My wife likes playing music without words, the beats. I think this morning she played some when we were praying. And it's, it's powerful enough to drive away evil spirits. Because, you know, many people are very funny. They say, oh, it's just the beat. Man, listen. You, you were born into this world recently. This thing is ancient. Where it is coming from, you have no idea. You know? So music without words are very, very powerful. You know? You look at the life of David, and you see, as David began to play the harp without singing it drove away demons out of the life of King Saul Amen so write this one down music have music has a positive spiritual effect or a negative spiritual effect Music has a positive spiritual effect or a negative spiritual effect. Look at First Samuel chapter 16, verses 15 to 16. First Samuel chapter the number one six sixteen verses fifteen to sixteen I'll read it Yes, please. Do I have mama? 16. Oh, 16, 15, right? Yeah, and 16. Okay. Saul answered. The soldiers brought them from the. Wait, 1 Samuel 15, 16. Oh, wait. First Samuel 16, 15 to 16. Chapter 16, verses. 1 Samuel 16. Okay, 15. First some Saul's attended Okay. Sixteen. 
15. Saul's attendants said to him, an evil spirit, spirit sent by God is terrifying you. Wait. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that's it. That's all it says, babe. Yeah, go ahead. Keep going past 15? Yes, I said 15 to 16. Oh, give us an order to look for someone who can play the harp. He will play it when the evil spirit sent by God comes on you. Then you will feel better. Wow. An evil spirit comes to torment so and the servants knowing the power behind music suggests to the king that let us look for one that can play the harp when he plays it the evil spirit will go away from you so there are tongue, there are songs and that's why you you have to be very sensitive to certain types of gospel music. It's not all gospel music that are very spiritual. Some gospel musics are birthed from the place of the spirit. Others are birthed from the mind. There are there are music when you hear it breaks you down immediately. You, sh you begin to share tears. You begin to cry. Amen. You begin to shed tears. You begin to cry. Hallelujah. Look at verse 23 of 16. The same scripture. Chap and verse 23 of chapter 16. When the evil spirit sent by God would come on Saul, David would get his harp and play it. That would help Saul. He would feel better and the evil spirit would leave him. Wow. So know that evil spirits are driven away by music and cultivate the habit of having spiritual musics around you all the time, in your car, in the house. You understand? Yeah, babe, go ahead. Do you think that's the same even with like being unclean? You know, like if if you're like dirty, How? does that draw them? When you say dirty, in what sense? Unclean, in what sense? You have no bath. <laughs> um, just being a dirty person, or you know, keeping your house dirty, things like that. Does that draw them too? Versus being clean. Um, I don't really know, but I guess you can apply that too, because the presence of demonic spirits is dirtiness and messy. They like to make the place messy. They want to. They like bringing confusion in everything. Yeah. Okay. You know, but when you are listening to the right. Listen, you can listen to a gospel music and nobody has to tell you to take a broom and sweep and you just take a broom and you start sweeping. Yeah. So I think they are associated with yeah. dirtiness. 
Yes. Because when you... Uh -huh. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying what you're saying is true. When you when you start doing that, 